Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to another edition of the Cores and Courts podcast. Uh, it's been a while, holiday break. I had COVID. I was going to do a podcast last week, could barely speak. Hopefully my voice isn't too grating and I make it to the end of this one. So no better way to come back, get back in the groove of things with someone who's been on the show before. Luis Bronder is back from abroad after a crazy NFL week. We're down to the last season. Let's just get right back into it, Luis. Let's talk some football. How you doing, man? Sean, man, I love it to be back here. Um, let's get straight into it. I'm pumped as hell for, for some reasons after that game day. Maybe it's because Cardinals got back to winning ways. But there are some other storylines that um, we really need to talk about. I'm good. I'm glad that you are back uh, on a good health level too. Appreciate so let's let's get straight into it. Yeah, unlike most of the league, it seems. But hopefully we yeah. they either throw out all the rules that they came up with or they get their stuff together in the playoffs. So it won't be as warped as the past couple of seasons that we've or past couple of weeks that we've had. So yeah, let's get yeah, right can- with my go ahead. First, yeah, first we can say that COVID really fucked up the fantasy game this year. Man, I'm so pissed. I went uh, the first seed in our fantasy league for like the whole season. And now I finished fourth. Like, that's that's fucked up. Was this your first uh, uh, fantasy season? It was my second, actually. Second, yeah. So welcome to fantasy. The, first, the team who's the best all season never wins. It's just a crapshoot. Uh, it's ridiculous. Welcome to the, Welcome to fantasy. That's how it goes. You got you get fully indoctrinated even without COVID. That's how it usually goes. So, okay, so let's start okay. with the uh, the Rams. My team, honestly, looking good. They're a game away from clinching the division. If they win next week, they get the uh, NFC West crown ahead of your Cardinals. Cardinals still alive if the Rams lose, but everything's looking well. This team's doing well, uh, especially defensively. Von Miller's fitting in nice. Odell finally, you know, that catch on fourth down was insane. Showing his old skills again. He scores the game-winning touchdown. They're working him back in. Cooper Cup setting all these records. But I'm scared. I'll be honest with you, Luis. Everything looks good except for Matt Stafford. He's going to lose the Rams the playoff game. I can already see it coming. He leads the league in pick sixes. He has more pick sixes than Aaron Rodgers has interceptions. Um, Somehow he's still just old Matt Stafford. He puts himself in these holes and turns it around at the end and, you know, Creates, I think it was like 14 of 14 on the last two drives in that Ravens Rams game, but he puts himself in the holes that they need these miracles. It's all his own doing. And I'm really, really nervous that, you know, the run game is starting to groove a little bit with Michelle. Maybe they get some contributions out of Acres. Uh, like we said, Odell looks good fitting in next to Cooper Cup. Everything looks right for this team, minus, you know, Jalen Ramsey slapping people in the face, but we'll get past that. We'll, we'll get the team dynamics together. I'm just scared Matt Stafford's going to pick six us to death in a crucial moment, and that's going to be the end of this Rams run for the, one of the most talented, if not the most talented team in the NFC. Tell me I'm wrong. Yeah. Nah, man. If I was you, I would be uh, I would be scared too. I mean, um, the thing with Matt is the throws he make are the ones to be excited about. Like when he connects with Cup or uh, with OBJ now, those are the ones you really – you really get into the, this whole Rams thing. But the throws you don't make, I mean, just the number, Stafford with his 15th interception on the year and his fourth pick six. Uh, very he, good. Leads, he, he leads the league with that, man. And that's 
And and just as that, Stafford has 11 interceptions since November. So that that whole thing really started in the in the late in the, in the second part of the season, let's say. And there, those are the second most behind Josh Allen in that time span. Um, so yeah, he he's putting Rams really in positions they they don't necessarily need to be in um, with some with some bad throws, bad connections, bad bad reads of the defense, bad looks. I don't know. Um, I don't really got into this the the whole way. But as you as you as you said, everything else is looking good. Sonny Michel uh, really getting into his groove as a running back. Um, really. Stepping up the running game for the Rams, OBJ with his with his fifth reception in seven games. Um, I mean, when you just look back uh, the last two years with Cleveland, he never had uh, four or more reception touchdowns in each year, and now he has his fifth already with the Rams. And also Cooper Cup. I mean, he's putting up big time numbers all the year. We we talked about that earlier, but uh, just to t- just to mention, Cup surpassed Julio Jones and Antonio Brown for the third most receptions in a single season. NFL history that's yeah. that, those are those are records they are insane um, so what the Rams really need to figure out is how to get Matthew yeah, confident stop enough the ball over <laughs> just just get him better at protecting the ball and not turning it over and of course not in the in the in such crucial positions where they the interceptions lead to pick sixes I mean four pick sixes that's <laughs> That's, that's like he's trying scary. to, you know, like I, yeah. more pick sixes than Aaron Rodgers has interceptions. I maybe maybe he's like, yeah, maybe it's like, man, it would be too easy with those with this offense with this loaded offense to win the games like big time. Uh, he wants to make it a little more close. Yeah, and you've seen some of their close games. You know, it's not like they're in shootouts. You know, this offense has this kind of identity of being high flying and stuff when it's clicking you know they score a lot of points because people remember that one season where they made the Super Bowl that game against the Chiefs where it was like you know 50 to whatever but that's not really how this Rams team is going when the offense is clicking and stuff they kind of win games in the 20s and you know if they're blowing teams out okay they blew a team out and then they get up in the 30s and 40s but those are against the bad teams there are no more bad teams anymore they get the Niners this week who's probably a playoff team We'll see how what happens there. They always play them tough. Kyle Shanahan schemes really, really well against Sean McVay's teams. And then yeah, we've oh, seen that the in the first game. Yeah, true. And then the uh, playoffs start, and those are going to be the best of the best. So these aren't going to be the easy teams where they can blow them out anymore. The Rams, when they win games, kind of win in those 20s. So one pick six in a playoff game could be – well, obviously, it's devastating always. That's not groundbreaking rocket science there, but – it's going to be crucial. And that's the one part I worry about this Rams team. And you look at, you know, it's a very easy analysis that we do with, well, which quarterback do you trust? You know, we've kind of had debates all season, right? We talked about it the last time we did it with Harrison. You guys have been going back and forth, you know, guys like Carson Wentz or Dak Prescott, these are going to be two playoff quarterbacks, but you know, which one do you trust more right now? Stafford is kind of the weak part of that. Like, I don't know. The one part you look at the Rams is how much do you trust them? He's a veteran. He's been around a while, but he doesn't have a lot of playoff experience. Obviously all those years just wasting away in Detroit. So that's the part I'm nervous about. We'll see how it goes. Obviously I'm going to be a little bit more optimistic than you, but those stats you gave me about this offense is clicking, but Stafford's interceptions could be the backbreaker. So I'm a little bit nervous trying not to think too high, not thinking already Super Bowl because this team's on a roll right now. So let's go to another team that's a Super Bowl contender. Let me. 
Sean, okay, let me ahead. first let me first bring one more thing up about that Rams Ravens game. Mm-hmm. I've said it once before, and I've I'm gonna say it again. <laughs> this is gonna be a Justin Tucker appreciation story. <laughs> I mean, th- this man is a legend, and I'm going to give him appreciation wherever I can. He deserves it. Go ahead. He's he's now made fev- 57 straight field goals in the fourth quarter, That's which is the sense. longest the longest active streak in NFL history, and. He uh, at the last game day he set up 30 plus made field goals in a season for the seventh time, and just listen to that. No other kicker in NFL history has made that more than five seasons. So that's just amazing. He's the all-time goat in kicking. Um, he keeps on putting up those numbers, and he's so important for the for the for the Ravens. I've, I mean, you saw that in the last drive of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, of course, for Miller got to uh, Huntley sacked him, and the game was over. But the Ravens uh, just needed one more first yeah, down. Yeah, I was nervous, uh, man. They only had to, to get, get to midfield. <laughs> yeah, just to get to midfield, to get in those 60-yard field goal range, uh, range which is uh, um, pretty a pretty comfortable one for yeah. Justin Tucker. So that's I such a... I going to lose. Yeah. Honestly, that's, because of him. If, if, if uh, Von Miller uh, didn't get there and Huntley made the first down, could be could be a different yeah. outcome of the game. So so that's uh, that's... That just shows how how important uh, a kicker like Justin Tucker is for teammate Ravens. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it. Like, how early would you pick him amongst other skill players? I like it. Bringing yeah. the kicking stats. Much love for Justin yes. Tucker, the GOAT. Go not the it. only Cooper Cup's not the only record setter in that game. So let's go to a team with some some good special teams. They showed a pretty, pretty cool special teams play. One of the best, maybe the catch of the year. It uh, was yeah, the catch of the year. It was what banjo, I think if it was the thrower to I don't even know who yeah. caught it, but what? Some, yeah, there we go. Some crazy, crazy things happening with the Cardinals. Kyler Murray goes into his favorite stadium in the country, apparently, undefeated in Texas Stadium back in his high school days. And when he played with uh Texas AM in Oklahoma. So maybe you want to see if you're a Cardinals fan, maybe you want to lose and you want to see that four or five matchup. Don't win the division. You could play the Cardinals, the uh, Cowboys again since Kyler Murray is so comfortable in that building. But what do you think of the Cardinals? I'll let you take it from here. Obviously, it was a close game. This is games that they usually kind of throw away in the second half, especially this month of the season. That's been the calling card for – well, not the calling card, the main criticism of Cliff Kingsbury. Always struggling down the stretch. This was the one where you thought the Cowboys are on a roll, the offense is clicking, the defense is creating turnovers, two defensive player of the year candidates in – Diggs and Parsons, even though advanced stats show that Diggs is like the worst cornerback in the history of yeah, football. he gave up he just he gave <laughs> up over one he gave up over one thousand yards in coverage this season. This is the most for a corner in the NFL. That's crazy. Oh, uh, he's just the ball ball hawk. <laughs> he's risking yeah, for the biscuit. Yeah. If he gets the pick, yeah. turns it back, maybe returns it for a touchdown, makes plays, but otherwise he's gonna leave you hanging he's, and leave the rest of his defense. So it's kind of like Matt Stafford, right? Where all his throws are amazing. So like the plays that he does make is amazing, but you think this might be the guy who ruins everything for us because yeah, he just yeah. can't help himself and likes to do the risky thing. So kind of the same similarities there, but we'll get, so that's kind of like the Cowboys side, but I want to get to the Cardinals side, the bounce back. Are you back in? Have you seen enough? Have they gotten rid of all the, uh, the bad juju from December late, late in the season, Cliff Kingsbury's got it turned around. Kyler Murray's back. This Cardinals team is ready to, make a run into the playoffs and be the team we saw in the first half of the season? I mean, first of all, of course, I'm happy um, for that win to end that three-game losing streak. Pretty unnecessary, um, especially. But as you mentioned, Cliff always struggling to 
to finish the season strong. Um, let's see how week 18 turns out now. But um, all the season I said the Cardinals are a strong contender for the Super Bowl or a strong pair to playing Super Bowl in the NFC. Uh, for the NFC side, um, I'm, I'm stepping a bit away from this because right now Cardinals are to uh, the gap to the full striking power of that of their team is, is too big. Maybe if they can get D Hop back, uh, which is which is uh, not out of reach for the Cardinals in the in the in the postseason, um, it would be a different thing. And if you get James Connor and Chase Edmonds on the field together as two running backs, um, which situation they don't had that much this year, um, it would be a different thing. Maybe there still is a chance that uh, JJ Watt is getting back in the postseason for the. For the conference final in the Super Bowl, that would be a huge, uh, a huge impact. But right now, as it stands, um, I think the team lacks too much of firepower to to really be a strong contender for the Super Bowl. But still, um, as I said, I'm happy to uh, to win that game against Dallas, uh, which uh, which everyone talked about as the yeah, man. They figured it out on offense. They got rolling against uh, against Washington. Um, and I think Arizona stepped up big time on defense, really shut that offense down. Dak was still looking a bit insecure uh, again. And I really got to say there are three, I want to bring up three big storylines about that game. Okay. The first, of course, is the big catch, as you named it, on the fake punt. <laughs> that was that was a genius move. Uh, Benjamin throws it on the fake punt to Ward, and he makes that helmet catch, best catch of the year. No doubt about it. Uh, I won't let uh, someone argue with that. <laughs> to me. I mean, yeah, I have um, no argument either. And the second, the second storyline I bring up is is a huge coaching job. I don't know if you recognize it, but on a crucial fourth and two, I think in the red zone in the, in the Dallas red zone, Arizona sent out Kyler Murray and kicker Matt Breda on the field. Yeah, that was so, weird. Yeah, so the, the Dallas defense got so confused, they had to take a timeout, a very crucial timeout. So you got the kicker and the quarterback, you don't know, are they going for it or are they kicking? So that was a pretty nasty move. And they practiced You think it was it, intentional? Uh, you think they did yeah, that on purpose? Yeah, yeah. Cliff said after the game, oh. they, they run that they run that in practice. Okay. And it was such a crucial a crucial takeaway of a, of a, of timeout, a timeout. Yeah, yeah because so the, the, uh, the Dallas Cowboys uh, hadn't had a chance to... To challenge that um, that fumble, which was Chase a fumble, Edmonds, which was a fumble, as we know, but uh, it was out of the two minute um, two minute range, and they had no more time out, so they can't, can't challenge that, and that was the key moment in the game. So True. big time, and of course, Kyler Murray going eight and zero at AT and T <laughs> Stadium from high school to college to the NFL. He's just feeling pretty comfortable. But um, to your question, I still do not want to get that fifth seed and okay. play against the Cowboys. I was going to ask because I think it's pretty it's pretty hard because uh, um, to play to play the same team in such a short time mm-hmm. period. I think um, I mean, hard to they, beat a team twice. They say, yeah, yeah, just just in a year and then uh, in such a in I don't know three weeks. That's that would be pretty hard. So the best scenario that can happen uh, for me. On the, on the next game day is Rams loss, Bucks loss, and Dallas loss. Cardinals clinched the second seat, and um, yeah, 
But let's see. Let's see what. And you get probably San Francisco or New Orleans, so, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Exactly. Hmm. Yeah, that'd be interesting. A, a third third time around with the 49ers. That's obviously two teams that are really familiar with each other. I'd be itching to play the Saints. You know, Sean Payton has all that experience. The defense is pretty solid, but the offensively, they look like an absolute mess. Taysom Hill's throwing picks everywhere. Ian Book looked lost when he was out there. They don't really have any options. That's super, super winnable game if you somehow luck into playing that Saints team. All right, so let's go to the team at the top ahead of both of our teams. The He's not here, so we don't have to brag about the Packers. We can just say that Aaron Rodgers is amazing. They lock it up. Cold weather. I don't understand how this man isn't phased by – he was talking about it on, like, the Manning broadcast anymore. He's like, I'm not just cold. You know, I'm not immune to it. I'm just – I just know that the other team's more cold than I am because, you know, we've been around it a little bit longer. And you look at kind of all the other teams – in this NFC at the top, they're all warm weather teams. You got, you know, LA, Arizona, Dallas, and Tampa. So it's going to be hard for any team that goes up there. I mean, we've seen, you know, Eli Manning's done it in the past. We've seen Brady do it before, but just as somebody who doesn't do well in cold, anytime I watch one of those games, you know, I have some enjoyment of it, but now that I've lived through a real winter thinking like, and played football in it once, like it's not fun, like catching a ball that's, just hard as a rock. You saw it kind of with that uh, Minnesota game where no one looks happy to be there. You know, it's just kind of more a, a battle of attrition. And I'd be a little bit nervous. That Packers team is so good. They might get some guys back with back to Yari and Alexander and Cobb. If they can get some, just a couple of those guys back, I'd be really, really nervous. I'm scared that all of our teams, Luis, are going to lose. Not that I'll be that mad because, you know, Aaron Rodgers is fun to watch. But Harrison's going to have a lot of trash to talk because I think this Packers team pretty much just clinched up a Super Bowl trip. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, uh, first of all, I think if you got it as a team, then you got it. If you got that killer instinct, then you're going to kill your opponent everywhere. Doesn't matter if it's at Lambeau snowing, like minus degrees stuff, or <laughs> if it's at the South warm weather. If, you, if you're the better team, you win. I mean, Tom Brady and the Bucks showed that last year. They came to Lambeau and they won that game. And um, I think the... The playoff record at home uh, for the Green Bay Packers is seven and six. So, they, I think there isn't that much of a of a amazing home field advantage for them due to the weather because the the record is pretty equal. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, they've only been to one Super Bowl and they've been really, really good many, many times. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, I think. If you're the better team, if LA, if Arizona, if Tampa is the better team on that day, they're going to win it. I mean, of course, it's hard for playing the South on the West Coast and uh, the sun all the time um, and coming up to Lambeau where it's snowing. Um, <laughs> of course, it's not it's not that easy, maybe, but uh, the better team is going to win. And the German in you, the German and the athlete in you says, doesn't matter, no excuses, no get excuses. out there. Still succeed. I've run in cold weather before. So can you, right? That's right. <laughs> that's that's how that's how I'm feeling. True. Um, I think just even. I mean, Dylan has looked pretty good offensively. Obviously, they need Bakhtiari back. It would be a huge, huge help to keep Rogers upright in that run game. You know, it's kind of what you need in a cold weather game like that. But that combination when it gets going of Adams and Rodgers is still the best in the league. Uh, you know, you can throw Jalen Ramsey at them if you're the Rams. You can throw I don't, definitely no one on the Bucks has any corners that's going to stop 
that maybe if you throw, obviously we just talked about Diggs is going to be a huge, huge game for Adams if that's the matchup for them. I don't even know what the Cardinals back end is pretty solid, but they're more, their defense kind of relies on the front. I don't even know who your best corner would be to kind of lock him down, but I don't see just matchup wise, anybody stopping that offense, that two combination, and then combined with, you know, all the other intangibles and stuff going on there. I think really it is the Packers year to finally do it. You know, maybe Rogers last run up in green Bay, but that's kind of my takeaway there. I think separated themselves. And then the next four teams are in their own little pack right behind them. But I'm really excited to see how this NFC unfolds. Before we switch over to the other conference, let's talk about the Bucks. Antonio Brown, uh, obviously, let us clown. Let us go ahead. Say something about the Packers. uh, Let us. Yeah, that first. um, I gotta say one more thing. Uh, But to the Vikings, you saw that you saw that uh, tremendous uh, catch from Vikings center Gavin Bradbury. Oh yeah. Uh, Where he where he just uh, the ball got uh, fingertip grab off the hand, uh, off the hands. I went back to the line and the center just without thinking grabbed the ball, ran forward for 21 more yards, uh, breaking through contacts. Uh, <laughs> that was, but uh, but you gotta say he played he played a tight end in high school and college, yeah. so he he know he knows what to do. But the <laughs> impressive thing, and to that point, I mean, okay, Kirk Cousins out, so the so the throwing game is pretty weak with the Vikings last last week, but to that time, uh, it's the longest catch of the Vikings, the 21 yard. Reception in that Under game center, yeah. <laughs> that that, that pretty that. much explains how the Viking season has gone, kind of how the offense is going. Where if you're, uh, I mean, it was an athletic play, and it's hard to maybe they should run it more. It's hard to tackle a guy <laughs> like that, give him the ball. He looked pretty good in the open space, but yeah, that's your at best least, play. At, you know, it's good. Least, it was a long, long year. At least season. Gives you one more option uh, in the in the offensive game. Yeah. So. Right. Well, we'll see if Mike Zimmer's still around to call a play like that. Maybe he gets crazy because he's going to get fired. (laughs) Maybe. And next week they'll do some razzle-dazzle, get Bradbury the ball. So that's before we switch over. Yeah, go ahead. What I want want to say before uh, when we get to the the Buccaneers, let's Mm -hmm. first talk about the game and to give them the appreciation they deserve for winning that thing without the distract uh, with all the distraction and let them get they deserve the no credit they played the jets the game shouldn't have been close they should have been way up what the heck were they doing i don't care about all their injuries they got lucky that zach wilson misread a stupid snap on fourth and two instead of running the sweep he runs a qb sneak from two yards out he forgot how short he was uh it was the yeah. call what what can what, what do you do as a rookie as a rookie quarterback <laughs> When uh, when the call comes to uh, to do a quarterback sneak, no matter how how bad that call is, you're gonna do it. I think. So. Yeah, but I think there was a read there. I think he read the front and thought like, "Oh, I got this." You know, kind of yeah, how Brady maybe. does, where there's a snap. There's you know, it's a handoff or go forward. He thought he was Tom Brady. Saw him over there. He's like, "Oh, I'm gonna do Tom Brady's move against Tom Brady," and it didn't yeah. work. And you kind of knew. Work. I thought it wasn't gonna work because like when Brady gets the ball in that drive, you think, "Oh my god, here we go again. He's gonna do it." And then they had a couple incompletions. You see who he's throwing to. It's like Johnson and Cyril, whatever his name is, the guy who catches the game winning touchdown. Yeah, Grayson. Cyril Grayson Jr. Interesting Whoever. story about him. I read uh, today yeah. that the Bucks receiver um, didn't even play college football. He just <laughs> was a track. He just was a star track athlete at LSU. 
and had no college football season. Okay, that no makes sense. Because I looked up his roster. Like, as soon as he catches that touchdown, I look him up. I was like, who the heck is that guy? And then it said yeah. LSU. And I was like, how do I not remember him at LSU? I can name, he, like, he every didn't. LSU wide receiver because they've been so play. good for so long. He didn't play football. He, he didn't play football. He's doing it with beating this Jets that's, that's team. Great. So in, in that moment, in that moment, I thought, man, maybe there's hope for me to get in the league as a receiver. <laughs> maybe catch that game-winning touchdown. There, there's Just, a couple uh, of Germans out there. I think there was one playing for Michigan. We had uh, Werner, was you know, he's been out there. I don't think we've ever had a German wide receiver, but Germany has a little bit of a pipeline. There's a chance. Yeah, but uh, you know, Amon Rasan Brown of the of the Lions. Yeah, he's he's half German. His mother's German. Um, well, that family's interesting. Playing. I don't know if you've read anything about their dad. Yeah. This is literally he a, like you think he was a body he was a bodybuilder, made them train with five years yeah. all day. That that's a crazy story. And his brother's named like Equinemius and obviously naming kids after pharaohs to make sure that they become something. Yeah, there's a different Equinemius, level of determination. Yeah. Equinemius uh, playing at UC right now, I think. Um still has a bright future in front of him. So yeah. No, that's the youngest brother. Equinemius is the he yeah. plays for uh Green Bay. Yeah, uh, he's only yeah. to Notre Dame. Yeah. And then they have a third one yeah. coming who has some other crazy pharaoh name or something. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, this Bucks team, obviously we'll talk about the guys that are on the field and the one who ran off of it, Antonio Clown, being Antonio Clown again. I do want to give him, you know, a lot of stuff's been coming. This there has been a huge debate of, I don't know, people love to play doctor on Twitter and like to prove yeah. themselves right, whatever. I mean, he has a very long history of repeated just knucklehead behavior and this was another instance of it. You want to give at least some benefit of the doubt. Cause I mean, it's like when I see all of the things that he does and you kind of, we've, we've read that long list that everybody put together on Reddit that Harrison shared with us. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. But it kind of reminds me of, you know, like what Kanye West has done and kind of the things that have come his way, his headlines. And he finally took a step out and said, you know, I've been struggling when he's finally hospitalized that he was struggling with an actual mental health disorder, struggling with bipolar, um, depression and a lot of these signs like of course you know i'm not a doctor i'm not trying to diagnose anyone but you do feel a little bit bad for him because there's a lot of similarities there and if antonio brown would just come out and kind of you know be honest for once instead of in the way that he does kind of use his public space maybe you give him a little bit some slack and just try and have some understanding of what he's doing but every time he does something it's kind of always a knucklehead reaction and he is very easy to you know just call him a clown because what he did was clownish. It was absolutely hilarious, but also ridiculous. Um, if you ever, if you heard the interview with like the guy who was driving him around, who picked him up afterwards, like one of his friends. And he was saying like, yeah, the guy was just going off FaceTiming everyone saying like how good this was for his brand and like his clout. And you're like, what? This guy is clearly just lost. And you feel a little bit bad because he seems like somebody who's just lost. And it was weird. The football side of it, they didn't cut him yesterday so he's technically still on the team i don't know what the bucks are doing there obviously arians comes out you know after saying don't ask me any questions he's back on the team now it's don't ask me any questions he's off the team so i don't know what's going on there brady obviously likes him they have levy on bell there who's one of his really good friends and kind of went to bat for him so i don't know what you want to talk about the antonio brown thing that's kind of my two cents on it i do want to give him a little bit benefit of the doubt there is that mental health thing uh, that mental health aspect of it that has become such a part of sports now, thanks to the, you know, the kind of the brave people like Osaka and DeMar DeRozan and Kevin Love and Lane Johnson and all these people coming out and being outspoken about the the toll that, you know, being an athlete at this level can take. And so, yeah, this Bucks team on the field, 
super, super injured. I think that's what's going to hold them back. But before we get to the football side of stuff, if you want to talk about Antonio Brown or if you want to talk about the chances of this Bucks team, the Super Bowl uh, champions of last year when they weren't really good last year and somehow made that playoff run. So maybe we could see the same thing again because it's Tom Brady. Yeah, maybe you got one or two things to say about that whole A-B situation. Yeah. Um, I mean, first of all, I really got to say um, that no one from the outside um, should be should be talking about his mental health. I mean, of course, there are signs and stuff, but um, we all are not doctors and stuff like that. So I think all those people writing get help and stuff like that, I mean, um, we are not into the position to, to, judge, his, to judge him on... On that, yeah, exactly. on that basement, I think. But one thing, and I've already, I've already told you that I have a really strong opinion about, is that he, in my opinion, shouldn't even be on the field anymore after this whole fake vaccination card thing, because that's a thing um, that has, I don't know, but not that much to do with mental health stuff. Mm-hmm. To just uh, cheat your team, um, put out, not just, not just use a fake vaccination card for yourself but also hand it out to other teammates i don't know if you if you read about it but um do you know john franklin the third um is that name popping up to you yeah you know the, like mizzou the, for a while right Nah, uh, he was i don't know but he was on the netflix show um last chance you oh you okay yeah, yeah yeah first season so um and then was with the bucks as a free agent um turned to right turn from quarterback to right receiver mm-hmm. and Bruce Arians always had a pretty strong opinion on him, um, such a talented boy. So, and you have, you have those, those big star players like AB who can take a shot and get po- a positive impact on those young players, very talented, but maybe with a hard, difficult background. But instead, he hands out a fake vaccination <laughs> cards to them. And of course, Antonio Brown survived that situation, but John Franklin, the third of, uh, for example, does not survive. He got cut by the team. So yeah. he's without a he's without a job now. Um, yeah, kind of like you know, like I was saying that comparison with Kanye, his AB's yeah. talent is so ridiculous that it's carrying him through a lot of things that, like you said, other people wouldn't get the chance to survive. And I mean, NFL running all those things like the Inspire Change campaign, uh, <laughs> which is which is such a big thing in the NFL, like on the on the on the TV spots and stuff like that. But when you really have the chance to to put someone out of the league who made a bad impact, a bad change, uh, you don't do it because AB is such a, yeah, he is a good player. He's talented. But the last thing I want to say is that he has now proven that he's no longer trustable, that he doesn't hold himself accountable. I mean, I don't know about, about that whole ankle injury situation, uh, which he brought up after the game. Uh, (laughs) I don't know if he was, I don't know if he was able to play. Bruce Arian said that he doesn't know, uh, that he haven't known about any uh, injury of his ankles. I mean, he looked fine running off the field, right? So yeah, so talented. Also, I, I mean, as a as a player in the NFL, you need, of course, talent. You have to play good, but you also have to be trustable. Your team have to uh, rely on you, and he's proven now that um, yeah, that there's no relying yeah. on him. So I don't think he we will ever see him again in this league. Yeah, you're probably right about that. It will be interesting if somebody takes a chance. So anything else on the NFC teams? Any other storylines before we get to the uh, AFC things you wanted to talk about as we wrap it up here? No. To the other side of the league? I'm good to go to the AFC. All right, let's do it. Let's jump to a team that 
AB used to play for, but never actually saw the field. A lot of this debacle and uh, was when this team was on hard knocks. That is the Raiders. Uh, absolutely insane season. You want to talk about drama, everything that's happened with them. They're obviously John Gruden, the emails, he gets fired. He's countersuing and uh, the tragedy that happened with Henry Ruggs and the interim coach. And you've had, you know, up and down injuries with this team. Um, Arnett gets, you know, cut from the team. They've had so many distractions. Derek Carr finds a way to somehow turn this team into one game away from the playoffs with a guy like Hunter Renfro, who's like Cooper Cup light, you know, just catches everything, makes plays down uh, in the later games. Do you think this Raiders team is for real, Luis? Are they going to win? Are they going to beat the Chargers? Are they going to make the playoffs? Can they win a wild card round game? Uh, what are your thoughts on this Raiders squad? I mean, first of all, it's impressive that they beat the Colts, um, who really had a run in the NFL the last weeks, um, which obviously leaves them with a very, very interesting matchup next week against the Chargers. Both teams are winning in. Um, so, but uh, have you heard that um, if if they tie the game, they are both in? So they what? maybe just agree. Yeah, the scenario is that if the if this game, if Chargers uh, Raiders is tied, they are both in the playoffs. So maybe they just. Oh agree. my god, I love that! Could you imagine if they like conspire together to just tie, and you're looking at the they're end, just, and like they just we'll just stop. We'll both just stop at 17-17, and we're going to throw interceptions to each other, and sorry, Colts, you're out. Yeah, because that uh, wouldn't leave a chance for the Pittsburgh Steelers to to um, to get into the playoffs. And if the Steelers win, I mean, let's just get into the into the Steelers clinching scenario. The Steelers can clinch the playoffs if they win against the Ravens. Mm -hmm. If uh, Jack, if Jacksonville wins Vince. against the Bills. Uh, the, uh, the Colts, the, yeah. The, the Colts, yeah. Which, uh, yeah... Good luck. <laughs> yeah. And if Raiders Chargers is not tied, then the, the um, Steelers get in. And if the if the Chargers and Raiders won't take a chance of not getting in, <laughs> maybe they're just agreeing on a good tie. And, both and then the, the Colts are out, right? The Colts are eliminated yeah. no matter what yeah, happens? The, the Steelers are eliminated then. I know, but I'm saying, and, so if, say the Chargers and the Raiders tie, yeah, then... The, yeah, then, they still need the Colts then, to lose, or no? I don't know. Then the Colts are out of. Oh, of. that'd be hilarious. That's, <laughs> that, that'd be hilarious. So, but what was the point uh, I was coming from? I don't know. You're talking about the Raiders. Ah, the Raiders. Yeah. No. So that that's pretty interesting. About um, and it is the final game of the, of the of the regular season Sunday night. Yeah. Um, you gonna stay the, up? I'm definitely going to stay up for sure. <laughs> um, so you talked about Hunter Renfro. This guy is just amazing. Um, first, first um, 1,000 plus receiving yards receiver since Cooper and Crabtree in 2016 for the Raiders. So he really put up numbers. Yeah. And you mentioned it with all the with all the distraction that came to the team in the locker room, outside the locker room. I mean, uh, I just read... To, uh, today in the morning that another player got arrested for stuff I don't know from the Raiders side oh you got didn't somebody get in a fight with like a Walgreens employee or something yeah, I don't know there was a DUI like immediately after the Colts game it was one of their corners yeah. I forgot who it was but yeah yeah stuff like that I mean yeah. it's just the Raiders thing <laughs> so but but so much just distraction and the fact that they're still in the in the, in the run it's for insane. the playoffs is insane 
I mean, I don't know about you, but if they if they not agree to to tie the game, <laughs> I'm I'm still got I still got the Chargers on that. I, I agree. I think LA wins yeah. that game. I trust Herbert and that offense more than although Derek Carr's shut a lot of people up. He's been playing pretty well. If Derwin James is out there, I think maybe he can make a play or two. Although that Chargers defense has allowed like 20 plus points in a ridiculously long streak of games. So the defense isn't great despite Bosa and James, but I think James can take away a lot of things that the Raiders like to do. They don't have a great, great run game. Eckler is a little bit better of an option than Jacobs is. So if you made me pick, I definitely would take the Chargers. I'd probably even take them with the, I don't know what the spread is, but I'd probably lay the points with them as well. That's kind of how confident I am because the Raiders are going to Raider, right? And that might be more, more strong of a force than the Chargers being the Chargers and screwing it up. So, yeah, I believe in Justin Herbert. But they look still, pretty good against but, Denver. I would take LA. Yeah, but still all the credit, all the respect to, to the Raiders, how they manage the whole situation, um, keeping calm, keeping it cool, um, even without some, obviously, some key players. Yeah, um, insane. And I want to get into that um, nearly hilarious touchdown run by Hunter Renfro at, in the fourth <laughs> quarter of the game. It should have counted. I mean, yeah, you know, have you seen why they turned it over? Because... The defender fingertipped his his yeah. Shoe. That's so why stupid. they called it. That's why they called him down by contact. And there were so many of these. I was talking to this about my dad. The refs just need to stop. They took away yeah. a great um, punt return touchdown for the Chiefs. They took away obviously the debacle at the end of that game with the Bengals. Um, there was another great play they took away too. That was like a touchdown. The Matt Ryan touchdown that they take away. Matt Ryan's running, okay? Matt Ryan ran it in for a touchdown. Give him the touchdown. Don't say his I knee felt, is down. And then they count the Tom thing on so a play good. that didn't even happen. I don't understand. I honestly felt so good for Matt Ryan to run that TD, but they took it away. And in those situations, I had a crazy idea. I wish that the coaches uh, would not just have a flag for challenging a play. They also need a flag for some effort bonus on a, on a play, you know? The player... <laughs> If a player shows tremendous effort on a play, which got turned over by by inches, by nothing, you know, yeah. if, if you maybe if you maybe make a tremendous catch in the end zone. I like it. It's the style off. points veto. You just throw it out there like, no, play counts because it was cool. It's the because yeah. it was cool flag. Just just give him an effort bonus. Okay, the tiptoeing was a millimeter on the, exactly. on, the on the line, but but the catch was tremendous, hilarious, good. I like that. You got to give it to him. Just uh, once in the game, you can throw that effort bonus flag and the play counts. Yeah, like the Dolphins had a play earlier where they scored a touchdown with an offensive lineman, but it didn't count because of a legal man. No, that yeah. counts. If it's cool, it counts. That's, that's the if play. If it's cool. Just let it, it's it's cool just it let, it'd be cool if you did. Like, okay, that's the rule. But yeah, but it'd be cool if you just let it happen. Like, no one would complain. People would be yeah. excited. It's that thing with instant replay, right? Where you score a touchdown, you know, and you get excited because you're looking for first a flag on the field. And then if it's not a flag, then you're looking for the replay to take away all your joy. They've gone yeah. too far. I like I like this idea. We need a, we need a flag of no veto play stands because it was cool. I mean, that's there's the like thing, a, uh, just a fan in the crowd, right? Who's like neutral. You take a yeah. you take a Broncos fan to go to the Raider, you know, to go to the Broncos or no, no, I'm sorry. You take a Broncos fan, you put him in the Cardinals-Cowboys game, so he's completely neutral, has no ties to the game, and he gets to decide, well, no, that was cool, that play stands. That, that, yeah. If it's basically like a judge. Like, the, the coach That's throws the, the flag end. out there, and it goes to the independent arbiter. This guy is the fan, the judge, and he gets to decide, yeah, that play was cool, it stands, touchdown. We move on. That's what the NFL needs. That's <laughs> it. 
They need a fun okay. police, but in the other way, not the fun policing they're doing of flagging Matt Ryan for taunting. What did Matt Ryan say? It's Matt Ryan. Let him say something. Yeah. Yeah. They need the fun police the other way of like, no, that was cool. Let's let it happen instead of, no, that was too cool. That was too fun. Flag. It's football. These guys are running into each other at crazy speeds, just head on collisions, risking their bodies, risking their lives, essentially. And you're going to say, oh, you know, he was out of bounds or because of this stupid rule, that doesn't count. And now we're going back. It's all ridiculous. It's the, the, the new taunting things are so dumb. There's things that yeah. uh, college kids get away with. Then now NFL players aren't allowed to like treat them like adults. What are we doing? Yeah, that's right. So Sean, I hope uh, you got some NFL officials listening to your podcast. <laughs> there we can. There can yeah, we need to call. We'll write, let's write an angry letter to the officiating community, especially from you. Maybe they'll listen. They'll be like, "Oh, we need our German friends, our German fans, where we can't ruin our fan base. All that money that we have a potentially get. We're trying to put a game over there. We got to listen to our German fans." So maybe you can uh, be the lead on this. And I mean, we also we also got experience with that because in, in European football, soccer, as you call yeah, it, yeah. Uh, there's there's also those those um, virtual assistant um, where you can overturn plays later. In, VAR. Yeah, the VAR. <laughs> just for those people who don't know maybe what it is. <laughs> um, the VAR. And that's the same thing. They score a goal and you wait like 10 minutes yeah, um, it's terrible. to see if it, if it was offside or if there was a hand involved or stuff like that. And that takes away the joy. The best of the part of football or your yeah, world football yeah. is the emotion after a goal is the one of the greatest things in fan interactions in all of sports, not even just I mean, and the, world football. It's amazing. I think I that's the made. biggest the biggest difference between between European football and American football because uh, European football is so much faster. You know, you don't got those big breaks between the plays. Stuff just it's, it's just flowing, and True. so it, it hurt. So it hurts even more to take that flow to take that mm -hmm. that speed out of the game by always reviewing everything for yeah, ten it's minutes. Same in every sport. They just take they kill the flow. The most important thing in sports is flow, and yeah. they ruin it. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's knock out the uh, couple made of AFC point teams. With that. Yeah, yeah. the last couple of AFC teams you wanted to talk about. We'll leave the exciting one for last. What did you have on the Titans? Obviously, they crushed the Dolphins in an ugly game. They make Tua look terrible. Uh, they somehow, because of what happened in the Kansas City game, in the number one seed without Derrick Henry, another, like we're talking about with the Raiders, how the heck have they managed to stay afloat? Great coaching job by Vrabel. Tannehill doesn't look terrible anymore. Uh, Foreman has been unreal in his in Henry's absence. They've kind of still been clicking. What do you think of this Titans team? Man, a couple of weeks ago, I called it the team in the AFC are the Titans. Um, yes, yeah, said. Oh, so that's why it's on the list. You just want to brag about you being right a couple of weeks ago. That that's it. That's it. Um, Yeah, you 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 named Dante Foreman amazing effort last 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 match. Um, 132 yards on the ground plus one score, um, and I think he's really making the abstinence of Henry more carryable for the Titans. And the news broke today that Henry may be good to go on Sunday um, in a game with some limited snaps, but he's maybe good to go. He he enters the practice field this week. So in the postseason, when Henry is back, you got AJ Brown back um, in in form. He he performs again. You got Julio Jones back from the COVID list. I mean, this time what's left of him? Yeah, but yeah, 
but uh, this Titans offense is scary. And if they find way a way to to win those games, um, I mean, they just ended a seven game winning streak of the of the Dolphins. Just to sure. mention that. Um, yeah, so. I think the one the one part about them is what Vrabel's done has been unreal. They, you know, multiple division championships. They've made the playoffs consecutive seasons. This is not what you typically expected of this Titans franchise. And, you know, as we talk about the playoffs, you creep in with these teams are so evenly matched that you creep in with some of the intangibles and all the storylines and old history comes back. That doesn't really apply to this Titans team. Tannehill, of course, you know, not great, but they made the AFC championship last year. They were at least in that game for a little bit with the chiefs. They beat the Patriots in new England, you know, basically sent Tom Brady home down to send him packing and then ended his, uh, the illustrious New England career with a pick six. Vrabel's not scared to go up against, you know, Belichick. He was playing with him on that punt. If you remember, you know, basically just toying with the rules, pulling a Belichick on Belichick. This team's not yeah. going to be scared. They're not going to be scared of weather with the kind of offense that they play. Like you said, two really big bodies that you can kind of just throw it up to and hope for good things. And Brown and Jones, even if they're not as consistent as they used to be, or they're banged up. And then of course the running game hasn't taken a step back without Henry. And then if you put Henry out there, it's going to, you know, elevate back to the insane place that it was. I, yeah, I think you're right. This offense is built for this kind of, you know, as they say, as built for playoff football, it's built for January. I, as much as I don't want to take them seriously because of Tannehill and some of, you know, they lost to the Texans and the Jets. This time yeah, team is probably legit. Don't, don't take away too much from Ryan Tannehill. I mean, he's still, he's still a pretty solid, uh, yeah. quarterback You're not that, wrong. that can that can handle the game pretty good i mean he can uh, just look at the situation he came from i mean um came as back up to the to the titans took over the job from marcus mariota still starter um lead them to to two consecutive afc south championships he's 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 not not the worst guy. exactly your tone is a perfect description of, he's not the worst yeah. he's, uh, you know you just try to find words for it but you so, don't but you don't but you don't always need that tremendous no you're right i'm quarterback if you got a if you got a there's only like offense. three of them you know you're not gonna yeah. they, they don't grow on trees you have to have you if can win with that second tier of okay it's it's still a team game if you got the balanced offense and a good defense like the titans have you don't need the guy yeah Unless make, you're Cleveland, because then you can't it, win with yeah, yeah. bigger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. <laughs> All right. So let's go in that division. A guy, a quarterback who we'll see how it goes. He's really young, but he definitely already looks a lot more exciting than Ryan Tannehill. That is the nameless Joe Burrow. You know, doesn't need a jersey because he plays for the name on the front. Just throws it up to Jamar Chase. He even said in the post game afterwards, like, well, I think Jamar's down there somewhere. God forbid, you know, everything's just go going terrible it. around me. Just throw it to him. And then they have Higgins. They have Tyler Boyd as a third option. Mixon has been a pretty solid running back when he's healthy. Um, defensively, not a lot to talk about with this Bengals team. They, you know, although they played well in that second half, they shut um, the Chiefs to what? I think there was like three points or so in the second half. So they showed up and they've showed up in some moments. Definitely not a defense that I trust to really lockdown they played well against Lamar Jackson this season that's kind of been their best performance minus that second half against Kansas City so it's the Bengals I don't expect a ton but it is really fun to watch and maybe they can win a game what do you think of this high-flying duo between uh Burrow and Chase which I mean everyone's talking about oh you know people were telling they should have taken a tackle blah 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 I thought this was going to work from the start like they were amazing in college 
if you have a young quarterback, get him his friends, get him, do everything you can to make him happy and make him more successful. And Oh, by the way, there's this amazing wide receiver who was going to be the number one in his class, but he stayed, he, he sat out a season and people kind of overlooked him. That's why he dropped a little bit and he was dropping passes in training camp, but this guy was going to be amazing. Everybody knew it. If you watched him at LSU, no brainer. Yeah. Put those two together and they're repeating their success that they had in college. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, I'm. I was not on the side saying, "Okay, it was a good choice to to take a receiver round one." Um, yeah, you weren't alone. Yeah, but uh, as we see, it, it it works, and I'm and I'm so so excited about what the what the Bengals are doing offensively right now. I mean, you you named that uh, you named it. Just get Burrow the guys he want, he, the guys he can connect with. He already had connected with. Um, and make it happen. And you see Jamar Chase set out a year due to COVID. Micah Parsons set out a year due to COVID. And where are they now? It doesn't hurt them at all. So they are in the conversation for offensive rookie and defensive rookie of the year. Micah Parsons may be the defensive player of the year. So that's pretty impressive. And I, I looked up some pretty exciting numbers from that Bengals offense over the season. I was here. So it, so just first go, first give Zach Taylor a huge appreciation for what he has done, uh, how he turned around that franchise True. since he, since he came there. Um, just last game, Jamar Chase, uh, 266 yards um, receiving plus three touchdowns is the most in NFL history for a rookie in a single game. Amazing. Um, and... I don't know. The, the, I, for me, the, game, the play of the game was that curl route from Jamar Chase, um, which usually brings you like 10, 15 yards if it, if it turns out good. Not but for he, him. But surround, surrounded by seven by seven Chiefs uh, defenders, he made a 71-yard yard touchdown. I mean, that play, he's Straight so by far, everyone. He, he's so fast, this kid. He's big, he's fast, he's, he's such a good target. Um, he has amazing hands. Um, Bengals turnaround. Bengals um, are just the ninth team in NFL history to win the division after they gone last in their division the, the year before. So last year they finished um, finished last in the AFC North. This year they win it. Amazing. Um, last year, yeah, it's the, crazy how this happens in the league. Sometimes makes yeah, no sense. Especially you know you watch something like World Football where that's impossible, right? It's yeah. so so hard. You know to go from a relegation spot essentially to being first and top. And they still have a chance to, I think, you know, they need a lot of things to happen, but they could even still be the one seed in the AFC. And from where they were, even in parts of the season, they were losing to Chicago, you know, to go to be where they're at now with a young quarterback like that is insane. Like you said, Zach Taylor deserves a lot of credit for somehow turning this franchise around. Yeah. And they're still just, at the starting point of that, because they got such a young, exciting offense. Uh, the Bengals offense, 30 plus points for the seventh time this season. Amazing. And they were, uh, the Bengals are the first team in NFL history with combined 4,000 yards throwing, 1,000 yards rushing, and multiple 1,000 plus yards receivers, all younger than 25. So they <laughs> are just such a young, talented group who already, uh, they are already showing up big time now. Um, so I'm really looking forward for the things to come. If they improve their defense, if they maybe uh, get some improvements on their O-line to protect Joe Burrow a little bit more, 
I mean, I don't know about um, about the decision on the end of the game to to go for that <laughs> for the touchdown. Who knows what was yeah. happening? Tony Romo didn't know what was happening. The refs didn't know what was happening. Zach Taylor didn't know what was going on. The Chiefs defense didn't know whether they were supposed to let them score, stop them. That was just a complete mess. And it was just it was unnecessary. It was unnecessary uh, that that Burrow uh, was hinking off the field, uh, injured on the knee, true by a hit off of Matthew. They just like they just. Rather they bring in their backup quarterback, uh, take a knee, <laughs> kick it, win the game. Easy. No, they have to go for like three attempts on throwing and injure their <laughs> starting quarterback. Don't know about that. Hey, the Bengals uh, going to bungle, you know? I I've, yeah. I can see it happening in the playoffs. Everybody gets excited about this team and they'll find a way to blow it and be Cincinnati again. But like you said, they're set up for the future, so this shouldn't be the only opportunity they get. Um, as we wrap it up, Luis, I'm pretty excited. Obviously, this last week, there's not too much still up for grabs. That Raiders-Chargers uh, game is going to be exciting. Kind of some of the wild cards, obviously, the AFC East, the Bronco, the Bills, and Patriots probably both going to win. So we'll probably end up with the Bills. Um, and then the rematch between those two teams. But I really like how you have five solid teams on each side, I think, that could make it to the Super Bowl which makes it really, really exciting, you know, as good as I think the Packers are and as good as Patrick Mahomes can be, both have shown their vulnerabilities. Like you said, the, maybe the home field in Lambeau isn't as great as I think it might be, and we kind of talk it up to be. So I think you have the five teams in the NFC with the obviously the Packers, Bucks, Rams, Cardinals, and Cowboys, and then the five in the AFC of the two in the AFC East, the Bills and the Pats, and then the division winners elsewhere with the Chiefs, Bengals, and Titans are all legit. And you're going to have a really, really exciting playoffs as soon as we get to that division around. Any of those teams can probably win it. So, any last thoughts as we wrap it up here, man? And it was such a uh, emotional, tremendous <laughs> episode. Uh, I have nothing more to say than I'm excited for what's to come in the postseason. Um, I'm excited for the last uh, regular season game day. Some clinching scenarios still on the line. Raiders, Raiders, Chargers, exciting to watch. Um, and I think the postseason, as you said, you have five teams on both sides equally, uh, more or less, uh, with good chances to get in the Super Bowl. So I think we're really going to have a, a very nice postseason and excited for that. All right. Here's Luis. I'm Sean. Danke, Sean, my friend. Thank you all for listening uh, for another edition. Glad to come back. I'll try and make it a little bit more solid on the scheduling and uh, glad to get back into this appreciate you taking the time Luis and we'll talk to you again down the road alright yeah let's do that man appreciate it listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube